Is your phone off? Um, yep. Yep, I'll put it over there. It's on silent, not going to ring? No, you shouldn't. Good. Headphones on? Yep. Have you got your phone off? My phone is off. <laughs> Always. Ready to go? Yeah. Okay, let's get going. Hello and welcome to the Bookish Guide to Life, a podcast from the Antipodean Book Club. My name is Guy and with me today is the creator and brains behind the Antipodean Book Club, Bookstagram account, Vicky. Hello. Hello, Vicky. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I'm feeling a bit lacking in brains today. Oh. <laughs> well, we won't go into too much detail, but... Um, yeah, we were just about to introduce our cat. We mentioned the cat that we have, Pip, on the uh, the episode zero that we re- we recorded recently, and how Pip was absent for that, and, and she again. was here <laughs> right up to the moment we decided to push the record button, and then she's just uh, up and she left. Knows. She knows. Yeah, she's a bit clever, isn't she? she... And maybe we haven't negotiated a contract with That's her of how probably much, exactly how much what it she's is. going to be paid. Kibbles per minute. Mm. Yeah, she's not going to agree to appear until she's ironed out the details she with needs her agent. agent. That's what she needs. Mm. Um, talking of uh, agents, a loose segue there. <laughs> um, we were talking just before we started about um, what we were going to watch this evening. And you mentioned Call My Agent, which is something that you are watching, yeah, but I'm, I'm not enjoying. watching. Yeah. Yep. Well, I w- we were actually just arguing about who's going to cook dinner tonight. <laughs> And then, therefore, and then what, we would what we would watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't want to watch Call My Agent no. because it doesn't sound like something no. I want to watch. But um, what we have been watching is Superstore. Oh, which is hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the American sitcom slash docu-comedy. It's not really docu-comedy, no, no, is it? No. It's more it's a... It's a comedy set in a big walmart i guess in america or uh, here in new zealand it's more like a kmart, kmart or yeah, target. something like that target um and uh yeah it's just very funny with the um america ferraro Ferrar- is that her name i think you better cut this bit <laughs> no no she's the she's the American actress Ferreira, who, isn't it? Ferreira, yes there you go she's the actress who played um ugly betty yeah i used to love that um, she's the too. lead and, yeah. and and very very funny and glenn, glenn. the good old uh, glenn. The manager oh, no. <laughs> who's who's teddy bear <laughs> yes, um and the other thing we were watching was men in kilts we've oh. got one more of those to go yeah with a lovely is, jamie um, from outlander yes well you like him and i'm more more of a, a graham mctavish <laughs> fan <laughs> Um, but yeah. yeah, those two are going around Scotland, and uh, I have a, 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 a large soft spot for Scotland. So Graham McTavish, who actually we, lives we like in that. Central Target, well, isn't we, he? Yeah, we were reading that. He actually lives down here, and he was, he spent a lot of time down here. Here's a literary connection. He was one of the dwarves in the Hobbit, which was filmed just around the corner from here. So, um, was he Balin? I can't remember. Dwalin. I think it's Dwalin, wasn't it? Dwalin. I can't remember, to be honest. That's yeah, bad, he, isn't it? But yeah, he was very good in that, and he's very good in Men in Kilts, which is, which is great. So, um, so yeah, we might watch yeah. one of those two rather than yeah. call my agent. Okay. All right. <laughs> Who's cooking? Uh, you are, because I, I cooked yesterday. So, um, <laughs> today we have a an interview with a New Zealand bookseller. Before we get to that, oh, I want to just throw in two quick questions, just for 
after the interview, I want to come back and talk to you. I want to ask you two questions. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you what is on your TBR list. Okay. There's a phrase I'm learning. You know, you know it's a very long <laughs> TBR list, don't you? What? Okay, give me the top <laughs> three on your TBR list then. Okay. And then the other thing I would like to know is I'd like a quote from you, uh, your, a favorite literary quote of yours. And if you can make it relevant to the interview, that would be fantastic. Okay. Am I allowed so, to Google between now and then? Yeah, you can think on it. You okay. have time. So tell us, who have you been talking to? Um, so we went down to Featherstone Booktown um, in November last year, wasn't it, for one of their Words in Winter events we saw Annabel Langbein um, doing her book launch for her book Bella and whilst we were there we met Patsy and Dave Adams at the Dickensian bookshop which is at 78 Fox Street um, when you when you drive into Featherstone coming from the north you go past the Dickensian bookshop which is right next to Mazine's um, military history bookshop on the left hand side of the road so we popped in to see Dave and Patsy and um, had a great conversation about books and authors and being a bookseller and and how it all works and I mean they got into bookselling you'll hear anyway but because their house was simply overflowing with with books and they had to do something with them um and Dave was known for skip diving to rescue volumes that he loved so um yeah they opened a second-hand bookshop because it was fairly inevitable I think that they were going to have to to do something um to save their house and then um Patsy has got a secret um, skill, secret baking skill. So they're going to open a tea rooms, I think, soon. Mm, yes. That was certainly the plan. So I'm hoping next time we go down there, we might be able to stop in for a cup of tea. And a, where, where is she from? Belgium, wasn't it? Belgium. So we're looking forward to some of the patisserie yeah. that uh, that is on offer there. But yeah, it was a, it was an interesting chat, and it was recorded in their shop. And so you can mm. hear some of the comings and goings of a of a bookshop in the background and the and the cars and everything. But I think you can hear everything just fine. The the audio quality is is very good. I think considering we're in the middle of a of a bookshop. Yeah. And you'll hear the, bo- the 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 bell, the shop bell ringing, um, as people toddle in and out. And um, Dave and I had a lovely conversation about um, BB, who is one of the authors of one of my favourite childhood books little gray men so that was a delight to be able to talk to him about that anyway let's not spoil things too much um we'll we'll go now and without further ado we'll hear from patsy and dave from the dickensian bookshop in featherston chatting with our very own vicky So I'm sitting here in the beautiful Dickensian bookshop with Dave and Patsy in Featherston Booktown and really we're just here for a little bit of a chat. So maybe we could start off with your lives as readers. So how did you, how old were you when you got into books for the very first time? I think I, I remember back to my school days at junior school, I was about nine years old when uh, back in the early 60s the Narnia books of course were what everyone was reading at that particular stage. So I remember the, the teacher reading the, um, uh, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader to us. And I actually kind of got hold of the book myself as well, and actually read, I read along with the teacher at the same time. And for me, that was my real first discovery, I think, of, of the delights of fiction and where it can take you. Yeah. Um, uh, and that was just, sort of, I think, the start of my passion for reading, I think, at that early age. Oh, that's fantastic. 
And so it must have really inspired you to go and pick up the book and read along with the teacher rather than yeah, just listening. Absolutely yeah. so, yeah, absolutely so. And of course, straight away from then, it was about finding the rest of the books and just reading through the whole series. Um, and those are books that I still go back to now. It's one of those delights, I think, when you've had something that had such an influence you on you at a young age. Going back to those books again, just kind of, you find something in you that you, you think you've lost sometimes. There's comfort, I think, in that, isn't there, that some, the world hasn't changed so much that you don't have the same response. Yeah, indeed, that, yeah, indeed. That yeah. book, yeah. yeah. And, and how about for you, Patsy? What? Oh, my parents weren't really big readers and we did get books at home, but they were more like the classic fairy tales. And I got really bored with them when I was about seven or eight and then discovered the library in town, uh, which was just opposite uh, our school. So I started going to the library and came home with a big bunch of books every week. And uh, yeah, it was really nice discovering other books besides the classic fairy tales. Oh. Hi, Hi, Rex. Rex. <laughs> We're a bit busy at the moment, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how um, did your reading evolve? Did you, have you read persistently since then? Did you have times where you stopped reading so much and then picked it back up again? So I think kind of books have come and gone through my life kind of thing. I remember um, The Lord of the Rings, of course. I think I read it first when I was 18, again in my 20s. I think I've read it all the way through three times. Um, uh, and that, that was it kind of thing, like, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think kind of, I look back to a particular period in my life where I think in my late 20s, early 30s, I, I used to love BB as a child and books called uh, Little Grey Men and Down the Bright Stream, I seem to remember. That's it, yeah. Indeed, yeah. And I, 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 from reading those children's books, I got a real kind of desire to read more BB. So I got into his, his country books, his fishing books. His, his books about birds and everything else he did. Yeah. I just loved his way of writing. I loved the literature. Such a good, a beautiful writing style, yes. And from reading BB, I read uh, W.H. Hudson. Um, a Shepherd's Life is just a real revelation um, uh, of a chap who sat with an old shepherd of the late 19th century and heard his tales from the early part of that century about his life as a shepherd and it's just that lovely insight into that part of the world that we've lost and I think a lot of my joy from reading has come from the, those opportunities to to view those forgotten worlds nearly kind of thing yeah. it's just um, uh, and just good writing and, and I think similarly rather like going back to the Narnia books there's there's that sense of nostalgia, isn't there, and of, of, of perhaps worlds that have been slightly forgotten or neglected. Yeah, yeah indeed. The riverbanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. The Little Grey Men is one of my favourite <laughs> books. Yeah. <laughs> and how about you, Patsy? Has there been times in life where you've stepped away from reading then gone back to it? or? Yeah, um, I guess like when I was a teenager and I was in secondary school, we had to do loads of book reviews. Um, we had to do some for Dutch, English, French and German, which ended up being like close to 15 books a year. Um, so yeah, after my secondary school, I kind of had it <laughs> for a while and then went to university and then social life was a bit more interesting. But then, yeah, after university, it just became more interesting again to read and started going to the library again and yeah yeah so so who who amongst you has the love for dickens because i'm presuming there must be somebody who loves dickens given the, <laughs> the <laughs> name <laughs> of the bookshop indeed yeah no, it's pretty with dickens because i've read some of his books i have not read all of his works yet and i'm just slowly kind of getting the time to read those 
Um, I think what surprised me with Dickens, I, I, I always imagined he would be stodgy and hard work to read. But I, in, in reality, I, I was pleasantly surprised how, how well he moves the story along. He doesn't yep. push long in his, in his writing. There's always something happening on the next page. And for someone who's such a descriptive writer, I think kind of the joy of reading him is he's realising that he's, he's very readable, he's very engaging. Because he, he serialised his books in Punch, didn't That's he? That's right, he, he started off kind of, he actually kind of produced his own magazines or was he kind of, he had his own editorial and he started kind of, as you say, doing his stories as, as weekly supplements yeah. in those magazines, which is how he started his, his writing. So I suspect that, so he was used to very much grabbing readers by the throat yeah, and making them. <laughs> yeah, indeed, you can see that, that need to keep that story moving along, yeah. yes. I know some of the complaints about some of Dickens' books, that it sometimes reads like a, a supplement, nearly sometimes like, and some of his complaints, I think, have been around that need to keep people engaged, I think. Yeah, and rather like Patsy in school books, we had to read Bleak House as one of our set texts, and I'm afraid that put me off <laughs> Mr Dickens for quite some yeah, well, years. Yeah, Bleak House isn't, isn't the jolliest book. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to choose your favourite so far, wh which would it be? I think Nicholas Nittleby I really enjoyed, I think because of that Yorkshire connection as well. Yes. With um, the wonderful Mr Squeers, the headmaster up in, uh, up in the Yorkshire school. Just wonderful characters again, wonderful kind of dark shifts. And I think what with Nicholas Nittleby, it kind of followed a bit of Dickens' real life in that Nicholas Nickleby joined an acting group on the south coast and you could see him kind of really kind of telling his own story about his adventures as an, as an amateur actor as well. Coming in that. So I think kind of for me Nicholas Nickleby reveals quite a lot about Charles Dickens as well. I shall have life. to read Nicholas Nickleby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having, now, having now got over Bleak House. <laughs> and, and how about you, Patsy? Have you got a... Uh, have you Favourite Dickens? Yeah. Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, especially in this time of year, I think. It's... Uh, well, it's the true message of Christmas, really, isn't it? Yeah, really enjoy it. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a lovely it is a lovely book yeah. that one. I have to say. So so yeah, obviously you've got quite a lot of Dickens in the shop, and y the the shop is called the Dickensian Bookshop, and you've got to focus on English literature. Um, and how did you? What made you choose that as an area of of interest? I think for me, kind of, it, it was always a focus on good literature. I've always liked just words coming from the written page and just kind of taking you somewhere. Um, I think for me that was my main focus with using the word Dickensian. I wanted to give the impression that I was trying to focus on, on good quality literature which is well written, which gives that people that kind of sense of, I think, engagement with the book and involvement in the book. And that's why I kind of, although the focus itself isn't on particularly on Dickens, I think just using that, well, I wanted to connect people with that idea of the Dickensian having that kind of book in here really. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been my delight, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a book snob, I do read other books as well, so I do, I've, um, it's funny, I, I t my, my mother used to read John Creasy back in the day, oh back yeah. in the 60s, which, was kind of, which is very much kind of pulp crime fiction, uh, and occasionally I'll dip into a John Creasy even now, because it's just kind of, it just, yeah. Reminds you of your mum as well, I, I suspect. Me, I yeah. absolutely so. It takes me back yeah. to that time as well, when she, when back in the 60s, when they were everywhere, little John Creasy paperbacks in every bookshop, every magazine shop yeah. had these books around. Like, and it's just kind of really kind of pulp fiction from that era. Um, uh, so I kind of, uh, where was I going with that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, no, I, think, I think you were saying you've, you've named the shop. Um, yeah. Uh, sort of to around literature, but also you read widely. Indeed, so yeah, yeah. indeed. And I think that's what I've always enjoyed about bookshops myself in the past. Because before being foolish, foolish enough to come <laughs> into this, probably whenever I was in England, wherever I travelled in England, any any second-hand bookshop it was just a beeline for me. Yeah. And I think most of my 
Most of the books I've read, it's been through discovery through bookshops. And I think it's, it's something, that, something that bookshops do well that you can't get from the internet, you can't get from Kindles, is that you, you find new books, new inspirations, new things to kind of take you in a new direction. And that's been my delight over the years with bookshops, is just discovering something new, discovering something you haven't tried before. And, and how you do know. you find that translates in terms of um, the customers? Are you able to, do you, do you find that a lot of people are looking for a new direction that they want? you know, to be pointed in, or do they ask you a lot for advice as to what to read next? Yeah, people often will have to have quite a people between like, you know, I, I'm reading this kind of book, have you got anything in that genre, anything else you would recommend to kind of to follow up with or to do something else with? So I do get those questions for sure. Yeah. It doesn't happen as often as I'd like it to actually, be nice, but it's always nice when you can actually help people and, and, and find a book for them. Uh, it's a bit like try. a dating service, isn't it? it <laughs> is <laughs> Matching indeed, the person with the yeah, book. Yeah, indeed, yeah, indeed. I think kind of, yeah. uh, um, Recently, there was a person we were just talking about kind of something. That I like to focus on books that are a little bit not mainstream kind of thing, like really just to kind of um, have something which might kind of inspire or interest people in, in, in trying something different yeah. in that respect. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the joy of doing this is being able to take people down those different paths and explore different areas of books, um, which is yeah. And in, in terms of sort of obviously you've got a wide range. You've got contemporary um, fiction. You've got um, classic literature, you've got poetry, playwrights, you've got New Zealand fiction. Um, what what does well in the shop? What what do pe what are people looking for when they come in? It's a really good question, and I've I've, I've looked through the sales over the year over the nearly two years we've been in business, and it's very wide. There's no big focus on one particular area of books, and I think that's why, for me, I think having a good mix of books kind of tries to kind of. Um, allow people to try different things and, and, and not specialising in one particular area means that you do kind of get people who are looking for different types of books in different areas. Um, but I have found that there's been no real kind of obvious kind of this is the, this is the big seller, this is what people want every time. Um, and it's been really interesting that we get people who come here specifically looking for New Zealand books or New Zealand fiction or they'll come here looking for a history book and such like. And you tend to find that there's that real mix of different buying public, different books that people are looking for. And I'd like to think, I think having, although it's not a big shop, having a good mix of books just allows people to kind of, uh, to explore their particular avenues. And, and, how, and do you find that most of your customers are, are, are local or are they coming from, are they traveling to Featherstone from further away? Are they, where, where do you think most people are it's springing a, it's from? Mixture. It's, it's a mixture, yeah. 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 Often it's also people who lost a book or who might have got rid of a book in the past and then regret it later and then go looking for that specific book again. And it's really nice to see like if, if they're reunited after all this time, like how happy people can be about a book. Because that was talking of the little gray men, I had a copy and I l lost it in one of our moves. And I spent quite a long time looking for another copy right. of it. And when I found one, it was such a, it was such a joy to find it yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you find that there's any tensions? So, as readers and booksellers, is there any tensions there between being a reader and being a bookseller? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the real challenge is having all these books you'd wish you had time to read. And I think that's the hardest thing for me is when I sell a book, you think I wish I'd had time to read that one before I let it go. <laughs> and that's the kind of hardest thing sometimes is kind of having to sell books that you'd rather hang on to a bit longer. <laughs> and and what, what drew you to open a bookshop? So, you, so you've been here for two years mm -hmm. now. Yeah. What, what, what made you decide to 
take that a step. It was an interesting journey. We kind of, when we first came to the Wairapa, we started going to the local book fairs around here, so the Hart Foundation yeah. book sales and such like. And we were gutted when we found out that some of these book sales were, were literally skipping books at the end of the sales. And we realised that kind of a lot of the books that weren't sold were just being skipped, you know, and yeah. got rid of. And I think we started realising that we would kind of, at the end of those bookshop, book fairs, you can kind of fill a soapbox up for $5. And we just started going around rescuing books, kind of thing. Oh, like, I you love know. that. The book rescuers. But yeah. Especially, especially yeah. little Edwardian books that you know, we kind of have on the shelves now and people really love buying oh, them. They're beautiful. The, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the beautiful bound copies with the, with the yeah. tooling on the front and that gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, and they were just being fun. We, we, we just started kind of going around and, and doing exactly that. So after gathering about a thousand bookstores, so <laughs> I guess we thought yeah, we'd yeah. better start thinking about, you know. They've dived into a skip once just to rest. <laughs> but skip diving, love it. Absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't a great book, it was a, it was a Lillian Beckwith first edition, but yeah. It, it was worth, it's still worth diving Ab in that absolutely skip Absolutely so, and, it, and, it's, yeah, and somebody really wanted it as well, like, so it's just, yeah, it's nice to know it that. It made someone you know. really happy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So when, so when it got to the stage of you having a thousand books at home, um, it, it we, we had literally kind of towers of boxes of books in our bedroom and in our lounge. Under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so it, we so, really yeah. had to open a bookshop absolutely at that so, point. Yeah. Absolutely so, yeah. And, and, uh, and how have you found it? Has, has, it been, has it been sort of different to what you expected? Has it been more challenging or...? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Yeah. It's um, a long journey. It's been a long journey, yeah. I think it's kind of... We, kind of, we moved shops, we, had, we, we opened our book, first bookshop up the road in a smaller area um, so it's about half the size of what we have here and I think kind of we got a lot of passing trade but it was kind of people who went to the cheese shop then came down the road walked into our shop walked around and went back out again yeah. so we weren't particularly getting books book buying public we're getting people who are just sending walking up and down the streets and, and passing the shop and popping in I think what we found now we've moved down to Fox Street is that the people coming here now are more book people, so people are more looking for books. So I think the, the traffic might be less, but I think the people who are coming here are now generally looking for books a bit more than we had before in that respect. So that's kind of, so the trade has gradually grown, I think, since we, came, since we came down here because of that, because I think it was useful having that first year of visibility on the, on the main street and getting known about. But I think being down here now, we tend to kind of, um, uh, we're lucky that we're getting more people specifically looking for books down here, and that's really helped. Um, but it is kind of, it's, it's, co it's continuous work, isn't it? It's one of those things of having a bookshop. It's not just about sitting back behind the desk and waiting for customers. And reading. <laughs> and reading, yeah. <laughs> no. I don't, we don't get much time to read on yeah. behind there, but it's, it's literally kind of we're constantly getting people bringing books to buy as well. We buy books from people as well, just to try to keep good stock coming into the shop all the time. So we do do that. So a lot of processing of books, keeping our database up to date, uh, labeling the books, etc., and cleaning all the books as well. <laughs> So it's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big operation, isn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah, you realise yeah. a lot of work involved, yeah. But yeah. We, we always kind of try to make sure that every book we have, we, we clean it before we put it on the shelves. We present it as best we can do, really, so at least, you know, uh, they're in good condition. And, and you're opening a tea shop, which, you know, is perfect. Tea, books, cake is a magic combination. So so how's that going? When, when are you looking at That's a very good question, that? yeah. So it's a... Um, it just takes a while to get a, a commercial kitchen um, uh, regulated and licensed with the council. So we're going through that process at the moment with them uh, doing building consents at the moment to put the firewalls in. Uh, but once that's done, hopefully next year we'll be able to start offering cream teas and high teas and cakes and teas. Fantastic. Which, which Patsy, being my wonderful baker, will be. <laughs> I, I, I did hear on the grapevine, Patsy, that you were a brilliant baker. So what, what's your signature, your signature bake? Oh, 
lots of different kinds really but I, I enjoy trying out new things all the time and yeah and I like the old things too like um, scones and Eccles cakes and Eccles like cakes my <laughs> Belgian patisserie too and I hope that uh, New Zealanders will enjoy it too because I will definitely try that out brilliant <laughs> can you give us a little um, inkling of what what Belgian patisseries might be? Well, in the region where I used to live, um, there, there's a, this fly which was really popular and it's a kind of pie with a brioche dough mm -hmm. and usually filled with fruit. So it's, it's kind of healthy <laughs> and sweet at the <laughs> that same time. That sounds amazing. Time. Yeah, it's really nice. And um, spiculas and waffles, yeah. Oh, no, I'm definitely, we'll definitely be here yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How have you found um the book town so opening a bookshop in a book town how has that been a, a help has that how has that altered how you've approached things or, or not yeah. i think it's, it's it's really nice being part of a, a community of booksellers uh, we do try to work together as a group and just try to promote ourselves together and i think there's a real sense of collaboration so if one bookshop hasn't got a particular book we'll, we'll go out to the other booksellers and say do you have a copy so there's a lot of that messaging between us to kind of you know to you know see if we can obviously help the customers but help each other as well in doing that. Um, uh, I think kind of it's, it's really interesting in that we're trying to kind of take the town on that journey as well so I think kind of what's important for a, for a book town is for the whole community to feel there's a benefit of having a book town in, in there. It's not just about all the shops are now full of books, it's that they're seeing the growth in, in, in the hotel trade and the, the cafe trade as well. So I think what's important for Featherston is that it's not just about booksellers and bookshops, yeah. it's about the whole town and everyone being involved and seeing the benefits of, of it being this type of town. Yeah. And, uh, cool. And May's obviously a big time for for the town and f and for for the book town, so how how do you build up to to that? Are you, um, do you have you got anything sort of planned over the next sort of because obviously there's Christmas first and then and then heading into into the new year and hopefully with the festival coming on because you've had a busy winter of events it too. It has haven't indeed, you? exactly. Yeah, indeed. So um, I think the main thing for us coming up to to May next year. Hopefully, book town will go ahead this year. The big the big event. Um, I think last year, when we did it last time, which was two years ago now, of course, we had over 6,000 people in town over the weekend, I believe the numbers were. Extraordinary numbers, yeah. And uh, if anyone hasn't been here before for that weekend, there's so much going on. We have different uh, book readings, we have authors coming on here, talking about their books, having interviews with different authors. There's uh, book banning demonstrations. There's kind of just a lot of stuff going on. Uh, events for children, so kind of you know, there's quite a few children's authors get involved in entertaining children again with book reading. So it's a very vibrant weekend. There's a lot going on. Um, the Anzac Call um, is a place where we have all the booksellers come in from different parts of the country as well and kind of uh, sell books as well in there. So that's very vibrant. So it's a real sense of just yeah community and, and book lovers just getting involved in in, in yeah, enjoying the written word really and hopefully coming to enjoy some afternoon teas yeah that's the aim that is definitely <laughs> the aim. And, and you were also thinking of starting a poetry group here in Ferris. yeah one thing i'd love to start doing it's kind of it's just i'm, I'm waiting to get the teams going so we can start but we want to start doing a monthly a poetry club so people could just come along read poetry together either sit there and, and listen or read if you want to read and just to kind of one thing I, I, I did a little session last year was it last year I did a poetry reading then and I was 
I was really surprised how emotional I became reading poetry. And it's one of those old experiences that when you're just reading it off the page, you read, you read the poem, but when you actually speak the poem, it can really pull at you in a way that really surprised me. I was reading some Emily Bronte poems and just, I think, knowing about her, knowing about her life, it was really hard for me to actually read it without kind of actually kind of, you know, having that emotion kind of choking me. It was really interesting. But it's quite delightful seeing the response from people as well when you do that. It's very engaging and it's a great way to share poetry. And it's one thing I want to kind of, you know, do more of in the future is to kind of do regular readings with people. Because do you, do you find that poetry, because I think poetry is, you know, people are a little afraid of poetry sometimes, whereas, it, you know, there are, it can be so immediate and so, I hate to use the word raw, but I can't think of another word right now, but, you know, it, it, you know the emotion is laid bare and anything superfluous is, you know, taken away. Um, do you find that people come in to buy poetry or, you know, th that it's a s sort of specific, if people are coming in for poetry, then they'll come in just for the poetry? Yeah, I think kind of, I do notice that people will specifically want to go to the poetry section, so it tends to be a, a specific type of person who wants to explore poetry, both the New Zealand poets we have and uh, the more classical poets. So it is te you tend to find that somebody won't go to literature and then say, oh, well, I'll get a poetry book as well. It does tend to be specifically people looking for poetry. And I think... Poetry does give something that normal writing doesn't give, and it is that immediacy, as you say, of, of, of emotion, of people actually kind of saying what they want to say in that, in that, in that form. But I think it's very encouraging in the modern world. I think very, very recently, people have been going back to poem, for poetry as a way of expressing themselves. I think young people as well are finding it a great, great way of expressing themselves. Um, and I think in the poetry of the, over the ages, you can start to see where people have actually needed poetry to actually express themselves. I know the 60s was a great time for poetry because there was all these modern poets came out and started really expressing their feelings in that particular era. And I think we're doing the same thing again now. I think people are rediscovering that, that urgency of poetry that gives them a way of actually expressing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> if there's, as, as you know, as locals, if there was somewhere, is it, you know, have you got any sort of insider tips or places that you love locally or in the area that you wish pe more people knew about? Is there, is there, where would you well. go if you had a little bit of time when you weren't reading and you weren't cataloguing? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think always going, going down to the pal uh, Cape Palace to the lighthouse down there is just a great day out. And for me, it's kind of going back to the old New, New, old New Zealand. I think kind of what's, once you get past Martinborough and you get on the, onto the winding coastal road out there, it takes you back to the old New Zealand. And that's kind of what, for me, is a real connection with you know, what New Zealand should be all about, about the, kind of the coast, about the countryside. And just kind of getting away from this modern world. I think that's what the wire wrapper gives us, I think, is the chance to just kind of break away from the city. And, and rediscover kind of remote coasts and remote, kind of remote beaches. And especially as someone who loves nature writing and, you know, yeah, it's it's pretty part of, perfect part of the world. And how about for you, Patsy? Where? Oh, Castle Point would definitely be my favourite location too. But I also like Lake Ferry and just driving towards Lake Ferry is really nice. And, yeah, it's so quiet and peaceful and... I love the different sceneries too, like the rough coast, especially at Lake Ferry can be very rough and I kind of enjoy that. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful part of the world. Indeed, yeah. Indeed. Mm. Well, thank you.
you. No, thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank no, you for your time. You're not a worry at all. Thanks very much. So that was Patsy and Dave at the Dickensian Bookshop in Featherstone, and uh, it was a lovely chat, Vic, and I'm yeah. certainly, having listened to it again, I'm ever more eager to go and check out some of that patisserie when we go down <laughs> there for the Featherstone Festival, uh, fe- festival yeah. which yeah. is coming up. Which is the 6th to the 9th of May, Yep, so very soon. Now, just before we went to that interview, I had two questions for you. You did. First question was, we were going to limit it to the next three <laughs> things on your to-be-read list. Oh, so you see my tottering TBR pile, isn't it? <laughs> We'd be here all night. So I think I've got um, one book on the go at the moment, which is Blood on Vines by a Kiwi crime writer. So I don't know if Kiwi knew what Kiwi... Oh, I can't say it now. Kiwi noir is a thing. I know Australian noir is a thing and Scandi noir, but I, I'm going to claim it as Kiwi noir. She's a crime author, and um, this is part of her Matakana series. And that's Madeline Eskadale. And sorry, Madeline, if I pronounced that wrongly. I'm hoping I said that correctly. And then I'm also um, going to start No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood, which is um, a Bloomsbury release and is um, by the author of Pre-Study. And I read Pre-Study, must be a year or so ago, which I, which I loved. I found it very funny. Um, but this one, I think, is apparently a bit of a tale of two halves. It's about a, a woman who's living a life online and then something happens in real life that, that sort of makes the juxtaposition of the two online life and real life um, quite marked and difficult to manage. So I'm looking forward to getting into that one. And then I've got a, a little bit of um, middle grade fiction to read. So I'm hoping to get back to the Pages & Co., the third book, of Pages and Co., um, which is the pink book, as I call it. Um, I've read number one and number two, and it's a, a fantastic series about a book, a girl who grows up in a bookshop, and the characters come to life, and she's, um, it's just delightful. So yeah, and I was lucky enough that both the Blood on Vines and No One Is Talking About This were were gifted copies. So that was a, a real, very lucky. Yeah. So there's the next three books which would probably take me about six months to read but uh, you'll be through those within the week I'd imagine knowing you I hope so. <laughs> so and my second question before we went to that interview was a favorite literary quote of yours and I challenge you to make it relevant to this particular podcast so what have you come up with well it had to be Dickens didn't it really in honor of Patsy and Dave so I've got a quote from David Copperfield which is Trifles make the sum of life, not custard trifles. I think he means the little things in life make life. <laughs> I don't think he was thinking about custard at all. But it works on both levels <laughs> because confectionery and puddings true. definitely yep. make they life do. worth true. living. <laughs> in fact, we could almost do a spin-off podcast about puddings and cake, uh, cake and uh, coffee confectionery. So. Excellent. So that was um, Patsy and Dave in the Dickensian Bookshop. That was Vicky's TBR, along with a Dickensian quote. And uh, we've got a few more uh, interviews lined up that we had with um, booksellers down in, in Featherstone Booktown. So we will be bringing you those again in the near future. And for now, I would like to just say thank you for listening. And I will say toodaloo.
And thank you for listening from me too. And keep working on that TBR. I'll see you next time and toodle pip. Thank you.